0: This is the Door Knocker podcast where we dive into the explosive growth of the residential solar industry, an industry which is almost entirely driven by door-to-door salesmen. We'll look at this from both sides of the door, with discussions from the homeowner's perspective as well as an in-depth look at sales practices, ethics and experiences from the point of view of the door knockers. We hope to provide an inside look for homeowners at this exciting growth industry as well as provide a resource for industry professionals by fostering a discussion of what both can expect from in-home sales. I'm your host, Zach Ross. Welcome to episode four. Today we have the owner of Arcadia Energy, John Murphy. Let's jump right into the conversation.
1: Thanks, Zach. My name is John Murphy. I was a founder of Arcada Energy here in the Southwest. And I come from a background of financial planning and financial services. And so the economics, the numbers about solar have always fascinated me. The idea that people can actually produce electricity from their rooftop cheaper than they can get it from the utility, and then turn around and do something good for the planet at the same time, has always kept me engaged and driven to build a business, a business that can serve different markets and and uh, help make a difference. Yeah,
0: that's pretty rad. Uh, And I appreciate your enthusiasm as well. So like what,
1: uh, how long have you owned Arcadia? How long has Arcadia been around? Started the company in July of 2009. Actually as a small remodeling company, we started our first and built our first solar system in May of 2011. Zach, since that time, it's just over 7,000 residential systems that we've built throughout the Southwest so feeling good about the nearly 90 megawatts of annual production that arcadia could put their name on of renewable clean energy yeah that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty cool um so originally arizona grew up in arizona started the company there then branched out to the las vegas market here in 2014 and wound up uh, surviving or going through that little <laughs> shutdown from yeah. 2015 to 17 in the meantime opened an office in Fresno, California in the central part of that state. Okay. And we're excited about opening a new office in El Paso, Texas very shortly.
0: Oh, that's killer. Yeah, El Paso is a good market, almost as good as Vegas. Um so, uh yeah, Arcadia 2009, um First Solar System 2011, kind of what uh what turned you from financial um in the sense of Remodeling into solar? Like, what, what, obviously the interest, but what kind of pushed that?
1: I wish it was a a more compelling story, Zach, but it was really a holiday party (laughs) and a friend of a friend of a friend who said, You got to meet this individual who uh, has a company that sells and markets solar residentially around Arizona. And I had put together a small construction crew to help flip some houses. I'd been flipping houses after the Great Recession during 2009 and 10. So naturally, we were kind of wrapping up one of our funds, investor funds, in 2011. Got this opportunity to take some panels and racking and a pickup truck and go out and build our first system. And then we just started figuring out how can we help companies like that first partner of ours to focus on sales and marketing and not to have to worry about that customer experience about the quality of the install. And we just made it our goal in life to take care of everything that wasn't sales and marketing of solar. And that's what we try to do with our partners. So it was a pretty easy transition for me from financial services, love of entrepreneurship and businesses, because I worked with so many entrepreneurs during my time as a financial planner. And then having some great tradespeople to work with, we just turned that into a, a solar installation crew instead of a house flipping crew. Yeah, that's pretty. That's
0: a. I mean, that's a compelling story to me. I love everything that's good like that over at <laughs> Christmas party. Yeah. Um. So a lot of times we have homeowners. You know, we're in a home. We're trying to explain to them. You know, what is solar? Um. What does it do, etc. But then also explain kind of panels and um. You know, because of what we're putting on their roof, obviously, right? Um. And and a lot of the time they have a ton of questions in regards to like what are good panels. Etc. Um, so, in your in your kind of your experience, um, what kind of panels need to be used on homes? And you know, um, is there a tiering system, etc.? And 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 how important is it for the customer to know what they're getting?
1: Great, great question, Zach. And I I think I want to just point out that there are a lot of new types of photovoltaic instruments or equipment out there, including. You can have a high-rise building with glass as clear as your windshield that's actually photovoltaic, producing electricity on a, on a skyscraper. The challenge is the amount of electricity and the cost to produce it. And what solar has done in the last 30 to 40 years, and especially in the last five years where, just so your audience knows this, the cost of solar has come down 80% over the last five years. And so that's made it more readily available to a lot of folks. But let's, let's zero in on that idea of panels. What I tell people often is that solar panels are the same today in their appearance as they were back in the 70s. It's about 40 inches wide and about 65 inches tall with 60 silicon cells that create the electricity in a small DC current. The only difference is that those panels have become more and more efficient. So we were just talking about the company's history, and I'll tell you that the first panel we installed, that same 60-cell, 40 by 65 panel, produced 225 watts of power under standard test conditions. You're well aware, Zach, that now we've got panels that are producing 330, 335, and 340 watts of power under standard test conditions, the same size panel, just better efficiency. So... In response to your question about tiering, that's exactly what we have in this industry. And anyone out there would want to make sure that they have tier one panels on their rooftop. Now, is that brand important? Well, what's the difference between a Toyota and a Lexus? Or what is the difference between, you know, different kinds of electronics that we have in our own home? Do we know where and how every uh, resistor was, was produced inside of a, a boombox or, well, I'm kind of dating myself by just saying boombox. Sorry about that. So, okay. Inside my, no, iPods are still the same yeah, way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So the point is that, that the solar panels are a part of this intricate system where we're taking energy from the sun and putting that in AC, alternating current power, going into your main electric panel to run the house. It's an amazing feat. The panels, as long as they're tier one, they're going to be manufacturer warranted for 25 years. They're going to have a, an assurance or warranty as to how much power they'll produce 25 years from now compared to the day we take it out of the box. And all of those warranties are above 82, 83% of production 25 years from now. That's pretty incredible. It's a very small amount of degradation over the life of that panel. What's really important are the other equ- equipment components. Not the panels aren't, but I'll tell you t- that what's important for production is that customers keep them clean. I mean, that's a big, big part, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more as we go along, but you can lose 30% of your solar system's production by not cleaning those panels just because dust gets on them and starts blocking that energy. So solar panels, we've used a number of them over time, but what we tend to do is try to find the best panel at the best price that we can use for six months to a year, where we can secure an allotment of panels and make sure that we do the very best installations in, our, in the markets that we work in. And so um, there are some names out there that might be more recognizable. We can certainly access those, but we've taken 10 years and again, 7,000 systems worth of experience and know-how to find that balance between price and productivity. And that's what we do on each system.
0: Yeah, so um you you talk about brand, more known brand names. Um and a question that comes up a lot with homeowners is like, "Oh, well, you know, what about this Panasonic panel or, you know, what and 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 versus like a, it's a name brand panel that you might use like a Longi or a Hanwa or whatever." Um when you when you compare apples to apples though, like you if you look at efficiency ratings etc., you can kind of see that everything's very very similar, right? So as you're saying like do these things matter at all um, in the relation of like the name brand itself, the Panasonic, et cetera?
1: Let me ask you a question. Zach, where do you get your socks? The internet? I don't know. Yeah, the internet. How
0: much do you pay? I mean, I pay a little bit. I might pay a little bit more than most people for my socks, maybe 20 bucks a pair, 10 bucks, 15 bucks a pair.
1: I, I, I heard a story this morning about a brand of socks that's a little above average and yet... They've created a brand for themselves, and so they're able to get that price, right? But does that mean that that sock is intrinsically worth more? So I don't know about the audience, but I'm a kind of a Kirkland uh, Costco guy myself, <laughs> yeah. And so I probably get a few more pairs for the same money that you do. The point about all of this, though, joking aside, we would never put a panel on a roof that we weren't 100% ready to stand behind for the next 25 or 30 years. You can count on that from Arcadia consistently. We're going to go to the market. We're going to find the panel that's going to work best day in and day out that we can bring to the consumer at a great price so they could produce a ton of electricity right from their rooftop. If it doesn't have the, the name brand that they're really after, then you know what? That customer should have that. And I guarantee you there's not a panel out there that we can't get for that customer, but let's understand there might be a little price addition for that. More than happy to fulfill that request of the customer though.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think a lot of times people just don't understand what they're getting and and the fact that because the government's going in with them on a tax credit as a down payment, basically for their solar system, um, that the contract that they choose, whether it's Arcadia or somebody else, um, is required to use a tier one panel, is required to use a manufacturer that's going to provide a 25-year warranty. And like you said, it's important that the, the contract that you're doing business with, A, is going to be around to fulfill that warranty for you if anything were to go awry, and B, that the company of panel manufacturer that they're providing is going to be here to do the same thing, right?
1: That's exactly right. A lot of people don't recognize that the manufacturers actually pay contractors like Arcadia to swap out a bad panel. So it's not just about replacing mm. a problem panel. Mm. It's about also standing behind their reputation and saying, hey, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, we'll send you the payment for changing that panel out because we want that system producing for the 25, 30, 40 years that was intended to. So those are the kind of companies that you want to be with, and those are the ones that we vet out and make sure that we're putting those panels on people's roofs.
0: Yeah, so let's... Um Let's talk about maintenance. I think it's probably just important to discuss it kind of in the same deal. So uh, you talk about 30% production uh, decrease potentially for for that. Um, I was listening to a podcast about a month ago when the fires are going on in Oregon, right? And they were saying how even with all, there's the worst pollution in the world and their panels were still producing something like 50% or something, right? So what should a customer expect in relation to, because this is a common question, in relation to maintenance of, of cleaning, however we want to refer to it, um, of their panels, of their
1: solar system? It's a great question. And I, I do think, again, that anything you can do to keep those panels from collecting dust is important even if that's a Saturday afternoon shooting the hose up on the roof and just getting some water up there because we live in a desert don't we Zach so we've got a lot of issues with with dry ground dust and the blowing dust that sticks to these panels so on a regular basis I tell people if your windshield's dirty on the car if you're parked in the driveway then so are your panels shoot some water up there but a couple times a year a couple times a year what I recommend people do If they're physically able to do it, get up there or have someone do it. Take a bucket of warm water, a couple of capfuls of biodegradable dish soap, and another couple capfuls of plain old white vinegar from the kitchen pantry. And get one of those squeegees that has the rubber squeegee on one side and the kind of spongy scrubber on the other side. And go up there and hose those panels down. Give them a scrub with that solution that's now going to cut some of that hard water scale with the vinegar clean off debris and any grease that might have gotten on there somehow by the touch of any wildlife, you know, birds. But that act alone of just scrubbing them down, hosing them, squeegeeing them, brings them back to basically almost a new state where there's no calcium buildup that could block that sun's energy and no dirt or dust. And by having an oil-free, clean surface, it should stay clean even longer. So that's why that soap's important. But make it biodegradable. We're helping the planet out with all this stuff.
0: Yeah, that's... um a lot easier than i would
1: have ever Sorry. been able to explain okay. it i mean i'm yeah. thinking
0: like you know i'm gonna have to repel down the roof and get some stuff and climb back up and like we, we go did, on did throw Mission that Impossible.
1: disclaimer <laughs> we did throw out the disclaimer don't go up there if you're not feeling comfortable at heights and get someone else to do it
0: yeah that's a good but it's just that it's pretty it's, I mean, it seems pretty simple i'm sure you could find anybody to do that that's willing and able to go up on the roof all right john i appreciate it man and um I am going to have you back on for another couple of these. So thank you very much.
1: Hey, I look forward to it, Zach. Thanks for having me on today.
0: I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast. If you have any questions or ideas, please contact us on Instagram at ArcadiaLV or at the Doorknocker Podcast. Our show is produced at 11th Street Records in downtown Las Vegas. Thanks for listening.